Welcome once again to New Covenant Ministries Church Online on the YouTube channel. We're live streaming into your homes. Uh, for those of you that are members here of the church, just want you to know that we miss you and we're looking forward to running around hugging every one of you. You don't realize sometimes until you um, until you get away from folks. I, I know uh, over the years, maybe 10 or so trips I've made to the U.S. riding motorcycles with some pastor friends that I have down there. And uh, we always go out west and into the desert. And there's multiple reasons. Number one reason is it never rains in the desert. And if you're going to if you're going to go through the expense of traveling to the, you know, down there and then paying, a, you know, a high price for a motorcycle for a week and the hotels and all those kind of things, you need to know that it's not going to rain. And, and in the desert, you're pretty much guaranteed of that. And the other thing is, uh, I mean, I know church is not a business, but in a sense, we're in the people business. And sometimes it's just nice to get away from people and to be alone with God and collect your thoughts and things. And so, so we do that. But, but having been through this last little while, even my son said he, his desire, he, I mean, he works for the provincial government. And he thought, well, you know, it would be really cool if I could work from home. Now that he's been working at home for a couple of weeks, he cannot wait to get back to work. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait to have real church. And so we miss you. We love you. And, uh, but we've got some holy information for you this morning, this evening, whatever it is when you're watching this thing. And, uh, and, uh, and so we pray that it'll, it'll help you, that it'll encourage you, that it'll get you through this. We're going to get through this. This is not the end of the age. This is, this is what Matthew 24 said, pestilences and earthquakes in various places, but the end is not yet. So, you know, be, be, be assured that this too shall pass. I know it's uncomfortable, but you know, you know God and you get through it. So right now I'm going to tithes and offerings if you're at home today and you can either bring it into the office at, on Wednesdays or you can do it online or however you're going to do it or save it up and bring it when you come back. I don't know. But right now I'd like you to get your tithes, your offerings and pray over them. And I want you to, to remind you of Genesis 8 and verse 22. Because the Lord said, as long as the earth remains, summer and winter Day and night, cold and heat, seed time and harvest time shall not cease. And so really, what is seed faith? Seed is taking something. It's exchanging what you've been given for what God has promised. And so it's like a seed, though. When you have a seed in your hand, you have to, by faith, push it into the ground. And you can't see and you're not going to see for quite a while the result of planting that seed. And this is, this is the way that God set up the kingdom. Whenever you want something, you have to do something from yourself and, and put it into something that you cannot see, expecting that God will fulfill his promise. So I plant the seed, and then I believe his promise. And so this is what we're doing, tithes and offerings. So, Father, we thank you today. That as, again, as long as the earth remains, you promised that seed time and harvest time would not cease. You told us in Galatians 6, 7, that you're not mocked. Whatever a man pl uh, sows, he will also reap. And in verse 9, you said that we would reap in due season if we don't quit, if we don't cave in, if we don't faint. 
So I know that there's no quitters under the sound of my voice. And so uh, we, we praise you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I do want to talk to you today about seed faith. I want to talk about what it is and how you get it and how you use it. So over the next couple of services, that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to begin in Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, some things you need to know, but, you know, Habakkuk 2, 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3, 11, Hebrews 10, 38, all say the same thing. The just shall live by faith. So you and I, we need to learn how to live this faith life. Because really, when you think about it, you know, there's, there's only two forces in the world that, that move your emotions, emotion, energy, emotion. You've got fear. And it's lots of times based on something that you can't see, expecting something you can't see. And then you've got faith, that energy in motion, believing what God promised and believing what he said. And even though you can't see it with your natural eye, you're believing it. And so when you think about it, he, he mentioned those four times the just shall live by faith. And that's how you got saved. You, somebody told you about Jesus or you watched a TV program or something and you believed in somebody that you'd never seen, never talked to. And, and so what he's saying is, the, really another way of saying this is the justified by faith shall live by that faith. And so our whole life is like that. And we need to make sure that, we, that we're believing what the book says in spite of what our eyes see. So Habakkuk 2.4, again, the just shall live by faith. And then over in chapter, well, let me turn to it here. Yeah, chapter 2, of course, says that. But then over in chapter 3, he gives you a great illustration of what faith looks like. And I want to read it beginning in Habakkuk chapter 3, and verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom... Neither shall the fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive will fail. There's no meat in the house. The flock is cut off from the fold. There's no herd in the stalls. Then the next verse is what faith does. Yet, in the middle of a pandemic, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. And then I claim his promise, the next verse. For the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet and cause me to walk upon my high places. In other words, he's my glory and the lifter of my head. So, so be expecting God to move in the midst of all this. You know, in the world, there's, come on, John sixteen thirty three. He said, in me you'll have peace. In the world, there'll be tribulation. But... Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world for you. So you're sitting in your home today watching this or watching it on your phone or your, your tablet. You need to know today that God is watching you while you're watching this. And he's watching over you. And in Romans 4.21, he says he's watching over his word to perform it. And Paul said, I am persuaded, fully persuaded that what he has promised is also powerful to perform. 
Jeremiah 1.12, he watches over his word to perform it. Isaiah 55.11, my word will not return unto me void, but it will prosper. It will accomplish what he set it in the earth to do. So his word is working in the unseen, in the promised land, the land that you cannot see until you take Ephesians 2.6, where he said you're already seated in heavenly places in Christ. In other words, he's saying, when you step over here with me, you don't see a world in turmoil. You see righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost because Romans fourteen seventeen says that's what his kingdom is. Righteousness, peace. You're right with God. You have peace. You have joy in the Holy Ghost. You are right with God. You're all right with God. Justified in Romans 5, when you've been justified by faith. Justified means just as if I'd never done anything wrong, just as if I'd never sinned. That's, that's who you are today. And when you think about that, your life is not based on your performance, but your, base, your life is based on the completed work of, at Calvary. And so because you know that you're right, the first thing that settles in on you is peace. You know, fear, here's, here's the thing that I've noticed about fear. Fear expects judgment. Fear expects, expects punishment. And, f- and fear just messes your, consci- you know, messes your conscience. But really, fear, even, even anger is based in fear. You're upset and expecting something. You know, Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. We don't live under that law. We live under the law of Romans 3.27. The Bible calls it the law of faith. Amen. So um, let's go to Romans one seventeen then. I thought I had it all lined up here, but apparently I don't. I was so busy looking into your homes and seeing you all sitting there in your sweatpants, I lost my place. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but we have a new technology. We can see you all the time. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, Romans chapter 1. Yeah. Verse 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God, the good news Gospel, that's what gospel means, by the way. Gospel literally, literally means good news from the battlefield. So here he's saying, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The good news is the power of God. And then he says, unto or into salvation to everyone. There's no limit on this to everyone that believes. He mentions the Jew and the Greek or the Gentile. He said, this thing works for everybody, right? <laughs> but, but here in verse 17 is where I wanted to go. For herein, here in this good news, is the righteousness of God revealed. So righteousness doesn't come from action. Righteousness comes from revelation. Matter of fact, when you read Genesis 15, verse 6, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it made him righteous. Right? So, th- so th- that's the qualifier. You believe what God did. In Abraham's case, he believed what he was going to do. 
And now we can look back at what he's done. And it's the same thing. You're putting faith in the complete work at Calvary, right? And I know that Abraham knew it because in John 8, the Lord talking to the Pharisees, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and he was glad. Thousands of years before the event took place, Abraham had a revelation of what, what God was going to do through Christ. And it made him right with God. And again, it wasn't his actions. He came from Syria. He was really study his life and find out it took him 30 years to get to a place where God could fulfill the promise to him. So if you've been walking this a while, be patient. Okay. Now, where does I say go? Okay. Yeah, herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And that's saving faith to walking it out in faith. And then, then again, he says, for the just shall live... By faith. So I've got the responsibility <laughs> to get this radical revelation happening in my life that I can literally every day I get to choose. And here's, here's really boils it down to what am I looking at? If I'm looking at um, CNN, CBS News, if I'm watching the news, then I'm building fear up inside of me like crazy. But if I'm looking into what... You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 calls this the perfect law of liberty. In other words, when I look into this book, I get free. John, Jesus said this way in John 8, 31, 32. He said, if you will continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So the, the more knowledge you have of this book, the freer your life gets. And so it's a process. So you just keep working it. Keep working it until you get there. Amen? All right. Now, Galatians 3.11. I guess we should look at that while we're so close. Yeah, verse 11 is really powerful. It says here, no man is justified by the works of the law. In other words, I can't make myself good enough to be accepted by God. And thank you, Lord, I don't have to. Thank you, Lord, you don't have to. You're already right with God. How do I know that? Because he's going to tell me right now. He said, nobody can be justified by the law in the sight of God, for it is evident. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. We just keep pounding on that nail until we get it driven home, okay? Now, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. I think I'll begin at verse 34. 534. 34. For you had compassion on me. Paul's writing from prison. He, so he knows what it's like to be in isolation. You know, I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking, like I have a favorite coffee shop here in the city, Cortado. And uh, I don't know everybody in there. I go in there 
to relax and have a cup of coffee, but I find their coffee is so good that after 15 minutes and you drank, you're buzzed up and you, you, you can't sit there any longer. But my point is I, I see the same people in there all the time, and most of them I don't know them. I've never taken the time. You know, we live our lives. But I thought, Lord, I'd love to run around and hug every one of those people because you even miss, you, you just miss, even that's, that's a very low part of the social thing. I mean, this is, but imagine Paul the Apostle. He's locked up in a jail. And it's, it's, not, it's not a modern jail. It, it's shackles and irons. And he writes things like in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And if you could have looked in on him, you'd say, what? What are you talking about? I'm in isolation. You're in isolation, rather. But he didn't see that. He was freer on the inside than most people are on the outside. And so this is, this, this is what faith is for. I know you can use faith to get a new car, a new, a new apartment, new home, things like that. Yeah, yeah, God will let you practice with that. But really, faith, that lifestyle of faith is you're just totally resting and trusting in God. Amen? So here he says, um, verse 34, You took compassion upon me in my bonds, and you took joyfully the spoiling of my goods, knowing that you have in heaven a better and more enduring substance. Then he says in verse 35, cast not away your confidence. Those things, this is how we locate ourselves when trouble comes like this. When trouble comes, don't let it overcome. You know, deal with it and don't deal with it long term. Don't deal with it long term. Just say, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad. And I'm going to live this day unto the Lord. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Matter of fact, he told us that in Matthew chapter 6. Take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow take care of itself. Okay. So he said, cast not away your confidence. Has, look at this. It has, a great, it has a great recompense of reward. And when you read that in the Hebrew, or in the Greek rather, it means that there's a paycheck at the end of this. The, the, whatever you go through, there's always a reward at the end. Okay. <laughs> so expect it. Verse 36, for you have need of patience. You have need of consistency. That after, and here's the part that we don't like, after you've done the will of God, <laughs> you received the promise. No, I want it right now. You give me the promise and then I'll do it. It's kind of like tithes and offerings. You know, God giving the money and I'll, to- and I'll sow it. And God saying, no, if you sow it, I'll get you some money. <laughs> we'd like to have it the other way around because, but, he, but you, we, you and I need to know that God's purpose in you, in me, in us, is to build faith because you're going to need it for all of eternity. The just shall live by faith. For you have need of patience, verse 36, after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet in a little while, it shall come, it won't tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now that doesn't mean that he's angry with you. That means that he wants to bless you and you just handcuffed him. Because everything that you get from God is by faith. I mean, you think about it in Ephesians chapter 1. He says that he's already blessed us in verse 3 with all the spiritual blessings 
in the heavenlies in Christ. So the things that we sit around waiting on, they've already been formed in us. It's kind of like I need to make a requisition. It's already stored there for me. I need to make a requisition. I need, I need to make a declaration. My declaration is my requisition. I declare the promises of God. When I declare the promises of God, I bring them out of that unseen realm and into the kingdom of God or into this earth. Verse 4 of Ephesians 1 says that he chose you in him before the foundation of the world. Before this world was ever put together, he said, I love you. I'm not mad at you. I've already blessed you with everything that you're ever going to need, and it's in Christ. And when you come in Christ, Christ comes in you, and it's there for your taking as you make your requisitions, as you make your faith declarations. Okay? So <laughs> so let's just roll down to the next, uh, to chapter 11, verse 1, because I don't think there was a, a, a break there in the original writing. He says, now then, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. I've got a couple of, uh, if you don't have this book, this is Mark Hankins' book, Scriptures on Different Subjects and all the different translations. Makes it easy. I know you can use your, your tablet and the things like this, but there's something about this book. I'm telling you, it's got translations you probably haven't even heard of in here. But I want to read, for now, I want to read the Moffat translation. And the Moffat translation says... Now, faith is being confident of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see. The Jordan translation, I love Clarence Jordan translation. He wrote the Cotton Patch Bible, and it's just, it's, it's really good. He was a Greek scholar, uh, and, uh, but he, he wrote it in a, a language that you and I can grab onto really quick. The Jordan translation, now faith is turning dreams into deeds, and it's betting your life on unseen realities. Isn't that awesome? Betting your life. It's like I said this to somebody the other day. They're in great fear of dying because of what's going on. And I said, look, if you don't have anything worth dying for, you've got nothing worth living for. We've got to know that the promises of God are in him. Come on. Uh, you know, he, he said this in, in, um, in uh, Corinthians 2, verse 2 Corinthians 2, 14. He said, all God's promises are in him, yes, and in him, amen. So God gave you a promise, in him, yes, and in him, amen. So his promises, like when I first got saved, I had, I was, I was doing as well as I am right now. I was fired up for God, and I'm still fired up all these years later. But they basically told me that I was fired up, but it was going to go away. They said, right now you're ringing a bell and God's answering it. But after a while, he's going to say, give me that bell. And then they told me this. They said, God's promises are sometimes yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait. And I, I believe that. I, it, I believed it was scripture until I read this verse in Corinthians 2.14. All God's promises are in him. Yes, and in him. Amen. They're his promises. Now, I know that I have to walk to them. I understand that when my daughter was five years old, I couldn't give her the keys to the car, that I had to get her developed to a place of responsibility so that she wouldn't hurt herself. It wasn't to hold her back from driving. It was to save her life. And so some of these things that we believe God for, they seem to take a while to get here. But, it's you know, he's preparing. He's not preparing the promises for us. He's preparing us for the promises. 
And so just keep walking, keep going, keep believing God. And uh, bless you in your home today, and, and we'll pick it up again on Sunday. God bless you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.